1: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on k prays designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor.
2: Hey, I'm smiling inside and outside right now because we have a major show for you, and you're going to absolutely love it. In fact, it's going to be, you know, we got to say, I said major, but let's just say an admiral show, because uh, today is the birthday of the, the U.S. Navy, uh, born in 1775, 243 years old, and my guess is it's extremely... Younger than that. <laughs> I'm
3: not 243 years old. That's right.
2: Barry, Barry Sappington, Crosspoint Life Church, and uh, Barry, good to have you as my co-host for this hour. So,
3: so good to be with you, Kaz. Thanks for the offer.
2: Are you ready to <laughs> buckle up and have um, some fun? Let's do some. Let's do something here. Yeah. You know, one of the things that when I visit Barry's church, uh, Cross Point Life on La Mesa Boulevard, Lord, yeah. Cross Point Life Church. Uh, I see something going on there that is it's unusual in the church environment because he's got an understanding, a growing understanding, I might add, of what the kingdom age is supposed to be about. And he uh, applies that in the church environment. But he also, if you watched him on the street, he does that every place he goes. He's a kingdom guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, Barry, let's bring you on and have you talk about your perspective of the kingdom age and what it's starting to look like. And I know that's part of your heart crying. You're super, guard.
3: you're super kind. Your <laughs> words are always so kind to me, but we really do have a passion to, um, to see the kingdom of God advance in San Diego not just do church as normal yeah. or what we've always understood it to be, but to really ask the father, show us revelation, show us who you really are and then direct our steps. And we'll be faithful to follow that.
2: Yeah. Well, so, so, You know, one of the things that I say, my listening friend, and you've heard me say it on the air, and that is we're in a transition from the quote-unquote church age into the kingdom age. And really there was nothing significantly inherently wrong with the church age. It was like it was an early platform to get to the next platform, and this platform is heading into the eternities. And uh, so a lot of the things that we learned, Barry, in the church age have value Mm -hmm. if they're properly applied. Correct. So where do we— Go from here. Then I, I mentioned before that you know you and I and other believers were on a learning curve on this because Huge. we haven't experienced that "quote unquote" church. I mean, the Kingdom Age yet, and so we're learning as we go. And God knows it's okay to make a few mistakes as you yeah. have the right heart. Yeah,
3: I have absolutely no idea what we're doing most of the time, right? Well, well, yes, I mean, we do. But but the 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 reality is when you're you're going into territory you've never been to yes. before, it's it's um it's challenging because. There aren't models. Yes. But we have models in, in America, but they're not the models that we necessarily want to uh, emulate. Yes. Because it, it's more about, you know, it talks about in the scriptures seek first the kingdom of God. I'm afraid we've sought some things that aren't kingdom, and we've gotten results, but I'm not sure it's the kind of results we're really looking for.
2: Explain yourself a little I bit think, further, further. I think
3: we've done pretty well in America with building a large church. We mm-hmm. have some of the largest churches we've ever had in America, as defined by... A gathering on a Sunday in the Genesis chapter eleven it talks about the Tower of Babel, and in my estimation, it was never the intent of the church to look like the tower of Babel, in other words, yeah. what does it say it says that they they built a tower up into the clouds right mm-hmm. for what reason the purpose was to make a known for them, make themselves known yes not God known yes
2: well you know i I love meandering through scripture and uh, there's one of my favorite verses here, and I was just thinking of it was getting ready to come to the radio studio today, and it's in, in Hebrews 11, uh, 24, and it says, uh, or 20, 25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and do so exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. A, a pastor that I had years ago, his name is Dr. Graham Truscott, and he had a real innovative way of looking at the scripture he says forsake not the assembling together a lot of times what we do in the church mentality is we gather together mm-hmm. he goes gathering and assembly are two different things interesting That's so so, so gathering together you just all the people are kind of coming and they're all in the same environment yeah. and whatever happens happens yeah but assembly, as if you had a gift, and, it, and when you open the gift, it says some assembly required. Mm-hmm. It's ga- all the pieces are gathered, yeah. but they haven't been assembled. Right. So the kingdom age is taking what you've got and properly assembling them, Perfect. so each one is functional. But as a you know, a fivefold minister, apostle, prophet, evangelist, yeah. pastor, teacher, the obligation of these people is to say, oh, there's a person who carries a unique. Flavor, I think they would fit well in this environment doing their their calling, and so it, the challenge is instead of a church environment where a pastor will go, okay, I have a church mentality, you'll fit in my you'll fit yeah, in my worship team right. or you'll fit in in caring for the kids or uh, yeah. youth ministry, yeah. it's, what's the person's larger calling? And let's b- yes. let's structure our lives so that we can help that person ascend to the fullness of their calling. Mm-hmm. It's
3: a different flavor. Well, it is a different flavor, and I think that's the challenge that we have. Is It even says in um, that passage in, in chapter 11 of Genesis, let's make a name for ourselves, oh, yes. lest we be scattered abroad. Isn't that interesting, lest we be scattered abroad? Isn't that really what the church is supposed to be? Not just a gathering, but a scattering.
2: And so, yeah, that's exactly right. But one of the obviously, when God will send us out from this environment, but he, he He wants to send us out equipped and not ill-equipped. Correct. And so, part of what we do in the local church environment is to properly equip our people and then send them out. You know, one of the things that's a danger from a pastor's standpoint is to see people leave the church. <laughs> they, they go, because they're, you know, yeah. not only I've invested in this person, but there goes revenue stream right. as well. Right. In all honesty, that's yeah. part of it. And, but the truth of the matter is, what God wants to do, in the, when the church was prolific in the book of Acts, there was some persecution, mm-hmm. and the church separated, but they did, they still had the precepts, mm-hmm. and what happened is they multiplied greatly. Right. And so if, if we have a, a mindset that, as God encourages somebody to go out from us, don't Force them to go out and say, you're no longer part of this, but say, you know, you are very definitely still a part of this. Come on back and we'll nourish you, yeah. but uh, go do your thing. And as long as it's God's thing through you, we're right alongside you. It's so good, man. But it's a different different mindset different sometimes in the church environment.
3: You, you better be very comfortable in your skin if you're leading a congregation today, Yeah. because if you really believe in the sending part of the ecclesia, of the church, yeah. then they're going to leave and they're going to do what you've asked them to do, and that's to go and love people outside the walls, yes, and they may not come back every week, but you've got to be okay with that, and just really understand it's a family. We're, we're building family here,
2: mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the things I, I have to brag on you again, and I may do that periodically, <laughs> because that's one of the things that I see of you. You're a sender out. Mm-hmm. You've got activities going on outside the church environment. Mm-hmm. In fact, I came, <laughs> I was telling, telling you a while back, there was a, a a, a weekend that was a special weekend uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I said, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go visit Barry and Cross Point Light Church. <laughs> I go there and, on a Sunday and I go and stick my nose in and there's nobody there. I'm going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it changes my doctrine on the, the rapture theory. Has to be. <laughs> only only Cross Point Light people
3: believe. <laughs> Eschatology. So, it's, topic. Yeah.
2: so I had to laugh. But the point of the matter is, <laughs> yeah. you were going outside the walls. Yeah, we did.
3: We did Church in the Park. I yeah. love
2: it. And But you, you're inclined to do those kind yeah. of things because you have a real heart for outside the the four-wall environment. Very much. Very much so. And we've got a, about a minute and a half, two minutes in this segment. What word of encouragement—we've got pastors listening to mm-hmm. this, we've got parishioners listening to this, we have unbelievers. You know, some of those unbelievers are unbelievers because they tried the church out, yeah. and it didn't suit them for some reason or another. So sorry for that. What, what words of encouragement do you have to, for each one of those three types of people?
3: I'd say, first of all, if there's a pastor or a leader— listening tonight, I encourage you to seek the Father's heart. Don't just simply seek the methods of man. Don't just seek church growth for the sake of church growth. Ask the Father, what's our assignment for our local congregation? And it has to be more than simply gathering people inside the walls. Outreach is good. Getting big is good. Don't hear me say that big is not is bad. It's not. But I believe today, small is the new big. I believe God's trying to teach us something about Loving the one. And I hope we can fuse this in and we out will. of our conversation today. We will. Because that's really where I think God's taken us as the church, is to figure out how we can really love the people in the public square, in the mm-hmm. marketplace. So, Pastor, truly, truly, not that you're not praying already, but go after the Father's heart and ask him, what is your assignment for that location, that locality?
2: And different pastors will have different assignments. Absolutely we don't all right. have to look no. alike. In fact, we shouldn't.
3: And we don't have to be involved with every single thing that's going on in the region, to be a part of something that's unified. Yes. Because unity is not uniformity.
2: I like it. <laughs> Pastor Barry Savington. Okay, talk to me, talk to the, the pew sitters, the people that go to church faithfully on Sundays. W- w- what does the kingdom hold for them that the church age mentality is Yeah, it's didn't? super
3: easy. I would say to them, um, understand this very simply. Number one, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry for any kind of hurt or brokenness you've experienced inside the walls. Because typically it's, I'm the pastor, here's my vision for you, do as I'm asking you to do, get involved with my church, and we'll be good. How about this? How about allowing God to speak to your heart about what's in your heart, what's in your hand, what dreams do you have inside of you? We want to come alongside of you, and we want to put wind in your sails and say to you, your dreams are important, and we want to help you find fulfillment in your dreams. Yes. Well, and
2: actually, this is a... A synergy proposition because at the same time parishioners are beginning to really get this, I, I, you know, my vision is bigger than sitting in a pew on Sundays. Correct. The same time God's uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers are starting to get that similar message. Mm-hmm. And hopefully these two people groups will coincide Come with together. one another that, that the pastors and leaders of the Have church to. environment and the parishioners say, Hey, God's doing something. Yeah. Here's my vision. Yes. And, a, and a leader goes, you know what? I haven't heard it that way it's before. Amazing. Go, go, do go, do it! Yes. Now just spend the next minute or so talking to those who have. Maybe they set foot in, in a church on a Christmas or they set yeah. on Easter or you know, a, a birth dedication mm-hmm. or a, a, the passing of somebody. Yeah. So, but, but they don't want to go back because it's just something that makes them nervous. Yeah. Speak to them about the kingdom age in the next minute or so. We'll deal with this as we go through the show. But what's the word of encouragement to these people? The
3: kingdom is not outside of you, it's inside of you. If we understand who we are as sons and daughters, we are not just simply Christians. We are Christians, we're Christ followers, but we are sons and daughters of the king. And when we understand our identity, there's so much value and purpose in that. That when you come into an organized setting, an institutional church, my encouragement to you is make sure that that family is family, number one. And secondly, Will they believe in your dream? And thirdly, will they support the fact that you have something to offer, not just simply as an usher greeter, uh, (laughs) children's worker, youth worker, but you actually have something to bring to the table that's valuable? Yes. Please, I encourage you, seek that out. Find a family that will love you for you. And if you've
2: uh, looked around, you need to... Years ago, you need to start looking around again because the church environment, particularly in San Diego, is changing. It's changing. There are a lot more ministries that are really involved in kingdom mentality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just because you're a pastor or leader doesn't mean you don't learn. Right. And so if if you're a person that's doing exactly the same thing that you did in the past and is garnering... Less and less results, you need to maybe rethink that because Correct. God's making a transition from the church age to the kingdom age. Mm-hmm. And so my, my my listening friend is who've just passively graced the doors of a church periodically. Look again.
3: Yeah. Look again, you yeah. might be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Barry Sappington, you're going
2: to join me for this entire hour. We're going to talk more about the Kingdom Age. But you're also going to bring in some of your own peep uh, from Crosspoint Life, and they're going to give us their perspective on what the Kingdom Age is beginning to look like from their perspective and how it's impacting a lot of different people. So you will stay with me, yes? Okay, my listening friend. We're here for this hour and beyond, so do not go away, because Pastor Barry Sappington of Crosspoint Life Church and Kaz will be
1: right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise,
4: more Come Together San Diego. is just moments away. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Signs from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego.
1: Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cast Taylor. And we're
2: back. And I, I can't tell you how highly I embrace Barry Sappington of Cross Point Life Church in Thank La you, Mesa. So uh, we're, we're talking about a topic that should be near and dear to your heart, my listening friend. It's called the Kingdom Age. And this is, a lot of people banter that word about. this kingdom this, kingdom that. But do we really understand what Kingdom Age is? And uh, we're... we're, we're Learning. We're learning because God is transitioning us from where we were and the comfort zone that we were in a church mentality into a kingdom mentality. So we're learning our lesson. And we we will have soon, we will have uh, your, your executive pastor, Craig, Pastor yep. Craig on the line. But while he's dialing in, uh, well, let's talk just a little bit about, you, you know, Barry— the scripture talks about in Ephesians, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and these are this is a fivefold ministry whose purpose is to help everybody just enter into the kingdom age. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pastors and churches don't really embrace that fivefold mentality. Yeah. What would you say to these people?
3: Uh, well, I'd say they're afraid of it. Number one, they probably have had a bad experience at some point in their journey with the whole concept of an apostle or a prophet or whatever the language might be. But reality is this. The reality is that it is in the Scripture. We do have apostles. We do have prophets. We do have evangelists, pastors, teachers. So my encouragement to them is to open their hearts and eyes to what God is doing. And and don't worry so much about the label, but be more concerned about the function of that role and look to that.
2: Wouldn't you say that a lot of people who are acting as quote-unquote pastors yes. are really apostolic yeah. in mentality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there may be some people that are functioning as pastors that more be, be more evangelistic no uh, question. In, in, in nature, and some may just be teachers. But the point of the matter is this. Uh, as much as we say for, for people that are parishioners to come to understand their calling, how much more important it is for pastors and leaders to yeah. really come to understand theirs, and that they're not called to do everything themselves. Correct. And so when you realize that and you have people to your left and to your right that carry a piece of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. uh, people, when they look at what God is doing through in your area, they see you as a part of God's big picture.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think growing up in a a denomination that believes in the fivefold but yet um, doesn't necessarily embrace it to the degree that I think we should, we're afraid of it. And I think that I was taught growing up, you're called, you're called, you're called. And immediately that equated to being what? A pastor. Yeah, exactly. Right? So for the first time in many, maybe ever in my life, the last few years, I've begun to embrace who I truly am mm-hmm. as an apostolic leader, not so much a pastor. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been a paradigm shift in my own heart and our congregation's hearts and life. And uh, we're still trying to figure out what it all looks like.
2: Yes. But we're not afraid of it. But one of the challenges, of course, you know, sometimes people will go, oh, Yes, I'm an apostle. Thank you very much. And that's my title and that's who I am. And one of the things that we really have to be aware of is it's more how you function than the title you bear. Correct. And so well, there, are of, there are a lot of people that are uh, functional, apostolic mentality mm-hmm. that they don't call themselves apostles. And that's fine. Right. And, you know, I, I like to do this so I don't cause a lot of trouble in the body of Christ. I say, Are you a leader of leaders? Leaders, yes, okay, and I go and under my breath. I go, hmm, apostolic mentality. But you, you don't. Sometimes you don't even need to say that. Are you a leader of leaders? Yeah. And you, you know, you if you say it and you aren't the leader of leaders, everybody's going to know because you're not leading anybody. There's nobody behind you. <laughs> Did you say
3: Would you like to stir things up?
2: <laughs> I, no question, <laughs> but, but but the truth of the matter Funny is, you, you function in the office yeah. and let let the yeah. titles go by the yeah, wayside. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm.
3: Let's just be who we are. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so. I, I, I think it's time to bring Craig. He's one, one of my Craig. favorite people next to you when I go to Cross Point Thank you very much. Because you guys are in the thick of things and then you're looking around at people and what's going on, make sure our, heart, our hearts are ready yeah. to, to deliver yeah. the word or do a lifestyle ministry. So, why don't you introduce your executive pastor here and yeah. we'll have a little bit more fun?
3: This is one of the most amazing individuals you'll ever meet. Uh, Craig Osborne is our executive pastor at Cross Point Life Church. He basically makes me look amazing, and it makes Crosspoint look amazing. <laughs> yeah, but Barry, he doesn't have to work that hard no, with you. Maybe, maybe not, but he is an amazing person. You're going to enjoy uh, talking with Craig. Hey, Craig, Craig, how you doing?
4: I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys?
2: Hey, fine. We were having maybe a little bit too much fun. We need you to bring <laughs> us back down to the real world. You know, we're talking about uh, kingdom mentality in a church environment, and um, the mention early on in the first segment was that we're all learning our lessons here. Greg, and and one of the values is having somebody alongside you that shares the Mm. vision for what the kingdom is to look like, and I've had an opportunity to observe you in action, and you're a guy that doesn't do the title, you do the work. Yeah, he does. So give us an overview from your perspective, from an executive standpoint, who comes along as a right-hand guy uh, for Pastor Barry. um, What does kingdom mentality mean to you, and that's part of your calling, not only on Sundays, but every day of the week?
4: Uh, that, that kingdom mentality I think what that means to me is that' it's, it's not about me that it's about it's about other people mm-hmm. um, and in the role that I'm in now um, it's you know I, I make it I make it about pastor Barry and like he said like I, I really do I, I do take it as my my mission and part of my job to to make him look good Think about what does he need. I think about what does the what does the church need. Um, how can we do things, um, you know, a little bit better, even behind the scenes, of things that that people don't see. How can mm-hmm. things run smoother? How can we how can we be more efficient? How can you know? How can we uh, through sometimes systems and processes? How can we love on people and, and help people feel more connected uh, than they are? Even the the guests that, that walk through the through the door for the first time, whether they're from out of town or. You know they're they're shopping for a, for a new church and they're coming to check us out. How do we help them, you know, feel more connected? Um, you know, and, and th- I think that's that's part of what it is.
3: And you've done such a great job a with that, people. Craig. You, you've you've just rocked that so extremely well. We're very proud of how you and uh, Renee have have carried that responsibility. And one of the things that we've been dreaming about together is how can we take what we call the Ecclesia, the church gathered, church scattered. How can we take this and begin to do something that's we-oriented, like it's a collaborative effort with with the lo- local leaders and and not just the church leader, but local leaders. Tell us about some of what we're doing together with that Q Commons in particular.
4: Yeah, we uh, we are hosting an event called Q Commons on October the twenty fifth. So in just uh, just about just under two weeks, um, and what it is is we are gathering together local leaders and and people of influence and people that just. They want, to, they want to see uh, transformation within our, our cities and within mm-hmm. our communities. And we're partnering with, uh, with an organization called Q, like the letter, Q. Um, and they are helping us facilitate this Q Commons. And their Q is an organization, they're, really what they're about is, is they, they talk about stay curious, think well, and advance good. And so they, they want to advance good uh, in, uh, in, in the world, in our communities. And so they organized this event, Q Commons, to gather people together and to talk about how can we advance good in our communities. Um, and the, the role that, that they play outside of just organizing it is they gather together three uh, what they call national presenters um, who have nine minutes to talk to us uh, about a, a specific topic. Uh, this year's Q Commons is, uh, is all uh, under the title... Uh, or the theme of the power of we. we yeah. So, what can we do together, and how how can how can we do things that are more powerful together than we are uh, apart? And so, this is one of the one of the things that we're doing um, is, is participating in this.
3: And who's and, the, and who's uh, the three local local leaders, Craig? You have three national ones. Who's our local leaders?
4: We have uh, Scott Harrison, who is the founder and CEO of Charity Water. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Joe Saxton. She is a, a leadership coach, a church planter, and an author. And then we have uh, local local guy, local boy uh, Bob Goff, and uh, he's also you know an author and uh, does all these incredible things. He's yeah. written Love Does in his recent book. Everybody always um, just fantastic. And so they're all going to talk about that the 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 power of of we.
3: And then who's the three three people locally that's speaking?
4: Well, we are. Super excited to uh, have Dr. Bill Wells, who is the uh, the mayor of El Cajon. He's going to speak to us. Uh, we have Danny Womack, who's part of our staff, she's speaking, and then as well, we've got Miles McPherson from the Rock San Diego, who's going to come and speak. Some and uh, so, prolific names, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, it's God's really done something cool in bringing together some really uh, talented and influential people to speak to us, um, and so. The, uh, what we've done is we determined the, the talks or the topics uh, for our local speakers by uh, sitting down. We, we gathered a team of people together and, and we started to brainstorm about what are some of the things that we face in, in our local community that might be, you know, not necessarily extremely unique to us, but that w- what we're facing. And so we came up with three topics. Uh, the first one that Dr. Bill Wells is going to speak on is mental health and men- mental trauma, yes, um, yes. and he is a, a mental health, you know, uh, expert, and uh, he's going to talk to us about what that looks like in our communities. Uh, it's a huge topic today.
3: Perfect. Uh,
4: Danny Womack is going to talk to us about homelessness and how, really, how homelessness doesn't look like what it used to look like. It's right. not just that, you know, the person that maybe we pass in the inner city who's, you know, you know sleeping in a tent under a bridge somewhere, but it, it really it encompasses, everything from students who are couch surfing uh, to uh, families who are living in their homes and to senior citizens who have nowhere to go. Hey, so, um, so Pastor in, Craig,
3: we got 30 yeah. seconds left. Can right. you do us a favor? 30 seconds, tell us the importance of collaboration with, within the, the church and the region. 30 seconds. Actually, 28. Uh, 28.
4: 28. <laughs> the the importance is because I don't have it all together. God put part of it in me and part of it in other people. And so when we all bring our parts together, we can do something pretty amazing.
2: Yes, yes, you know, you know, here here's awesome. what I'd like to ask. Generally, we have the plan was to have you on for this segment. Could be, could you stay for a few minutes into the next segment after the commercial break, Pastor Craig Osborne? 100%. Because you made Absolutely. a comment at the very beginning of this when I asked what your task was, and you said to make Pastor Barry look good, but I want you to revisit that based on what you said especially about this uh, Q Commons and the we, bringing the we together, It's as you revisit that, and I've already observed you, that you do this, it's not only to make Pastor Barry look good, but you, you help make everybody in the church environment not only look good, but feel like and believe that they're being active within God's calling for them. So we'll talk just a little bit more about that in the next... Segment, if you would stay with us. Is that okay? That's very cool. Reverend Barry Sappington. (laughs) (laughs) My listening friend, I know it's, it's starting to boil and get real fun in here. And so we want you to stay with us and come back for this next segment. And after the commercial break, we will be right back.
4: Hi, I'm Jay an, president and founder of Harvest International Ministry in Pasadena, and I want to make an apostolic declaration. God loves San Diego, and I declare revival and transformation of San Diego. I declare heaven on earth in Jesus' mighty name, amen.
1: Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1, and AM 1210, K Praise. And we're back, and you know, we
2: had visited with uh, Executive Pastor Craig Osborne with Cross Point Life Church with Barry Sappington, my co host for this hour. And he made an interesting comment, and we elaborated a little on it, and I didn't give him a chance to uh, further color that color book page. And uh, he talked about at the beginning of his segment that one of his tasks is to uh, make Pastor Barry look good. And I got to tell you that making Pastor Barry look good isn't that difficult, it's really. So, it's a No, it is not. You know it is. So you're with me <laughs> still, Craig. Aren't you with us still? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm still I'm still here, <laughs> uh,
2: and I just kind of expanded your your definition of what you are, and I and I I know this is part of who you are as well. But not only make Pastor Barry look good, but your heart cries to make everybody who cr- pass, uh, crosses the the threshold of CrossPoint Life in La Mesa look good. That's that's part of the difference between a church age mentality and the kingdom age mentality. Where you know you're building uh, a church, but Christ is building the church it includes all different kinds of people. Some of them grace your doorstep on Sunday mornings and beyond. I want to talk just a little bit about that, Craig, and I'm going to let your senior pastor guide this interview. And I'll,
4: and
3: okay. I'll <laughs> <Take> <laughs> pastor Craig, I, I mentioned before you, you're doing such a great work, and you and your bride are just quality people. But why don't you share just in terms of what your sense is of what the local church should look like or can look like when we're working together.
4: Um, my sense on, on, on what the, the local church should and, and, and could look like um, when, when we work together is, as I mentioned, just as we were closing off that last segment, everybody bringing their part because we at Crosspoint, we're not called to do everything. We're, we're called to do uh, something specific. God's given us a specific mandate uh, and we need to bring that to the table But mm-hmm. so the church down the street from us. They, they are, they're going to have a different mandate right. um, and they need to bring that to the table because I, you know, we can't all be everything to all people Correct. and that's okay. And we have to be okay with that.
3: Yep. Yeah. And, and it seems like um, most congregations that we know of are not really living that out. Well, it's more about what everyone else seems to be doing. Let's emulate them. Let's, let's build our church to look like that church and, and uh, But what's the real fruit of that? I mean, when we have a mandate and we're living for that mandate, what's that look like?
4: Well, it, I mean, it, it looks different for everybody, but really I think what it, uh, you know, as a, as a general rule of thumb, it, it looks like uh, significance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really that's, yeah, that's yeah. what we're all striving for. We're striving for significance right. because I think that's the definition of success. It's not how big or or, or how much you have. But it's living out your mandate and and living out what what God has called us to do because you know we're we're gonna one day stand before Him and we all want to hear we all want to hear well done yes yes to yes the faithful servant right I have to um, I have before, to laugh at before before
2: Pastor Barry were, on this. Craig, when you're talking about that, he goes, this is a man after my own heart. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love that. And my friends, what our task is to do is God will put us along with other people who are men and women after God's own heart, but they're also after our, our own heart, too. You know, the piece of the equation that we do. And God will put us mm-hmm. to the left and to the right of us, other people that have maybe similar but not exact visions, mm-hmm. and the and the only way that the fullness of our vision can be accommodated is with the person to our left and to our right. Correct. and that's the mentality yeah. of the of the kingdom age over the church age. A church age mentality is: this is the pastorship. Here's yeah. what our vision is, and yeah. you have to fit within this, or or you can't play in in our environment. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and a lot of pastors and, and leaders are beginning to come to the revelation that that maybe was old school thinking, and right. it's time for the new kingdom mentality to take effect. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and the thing about Craig, we, we've we talked about this before. It's like when they think of Crosspoint Life Church, um, if we can create a culture where they don't immediately go, oh, that's Barry Sappington, or that's Craig, or that's Danny, or that's whomever, but they go, oh, that's Crosspoint. They're the ones that love people well. They're the ones that have made Jesus famous in La Mesa. <laughs>
2: right? That's right. Yeah. Any thoughts Absolutely. on that, Craig? You better agree or else you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no, one hundred percent. One of the things that uh, that that we've done and was spearheaded by uh, by Pastor Barry is even when it comes to our our speaking team, um, he's kind of helped raise myself and my wife up, and, and between the three of us, we comprise that that speaking team. But one of the things that we don't do is we don't tell people who's speaking on a Sunday morning. So it's not about you know it's not about a man or it's not about a woman. It's about what is what is God doing, and again, it's everybody bringing their parts and so the focus isn't on one person but it's on Jesus really where where it should be and we're we're following him
2: yeah. exactly and you know my listening friend here's the deal I, I i know the mentality of a lot of you about that you may have been burned in a church environment or you may have had somebody offend you and, and you haven't felt like it's appropriate for you to go back into that environment that's the enemy working against you because the biggest danger to him is people being side by side and people looking on them and saying behold how they love one another Mm. and God's plan is to bring his church in Unity together and in oneness together, and if you're trying to emulate the guy down the street who's got a bigger church or maybe has bigger offerings or whatever, you're missing the mark. Who are you, and what can you do to impact God's heart? And not only for the pastors and leaders and uh, different people in the church environment, but also those who attend the church environment, what can you do and what part— is God called you to play to synchronize with other people, my friends? If you've been disillusioned in the church environment, you need to start looking again because God's stirring churches and leaders uh, for this as well. And you might just find yourself at that intersection of uh, being a part of something bigger. It's called God's singular mm-hmm. church instead of churches. Very-
3: yeah, no, that's so good. I think that's that's definitely our passion is to really make Jesus famous in San Diego and not one church, although we belong to a congregation, but to really put put wind in the sails yes. of pastors and leaders and churches. Yes, and in our
2: next segment, would you mind uh, majoring on that topic, yep. what one church looks like in yep. San Diego? It's a bunch of churches together, but it's just one church because it's the one body coming together. Correct. Any thoughts on that, Craig Osborne?
4: Uh, no, I'm I'm in, a, I'm in agreement. We are all working together. We're all on the same team. Um, and we have to do better at learning to to work together to be that one church uh, in San Diego, working on the on the same team, linking arm arm in arm, um, and, and and advancing the kingdom of God and uh, pushing back the you know the kingdom of darkness.
2: Yes, and, and Pastor Barry, when you were talking about the October twenty fifth Hugh Commons event, uh, Barry was giving me the si- the signal showing seven mountains, seven mountains coming together. And so, why, uh, Barry and Craig, why don't you elaborate in the couple minutes we have left in this segment what seven mountains is all about and what what uh, the church in San Diego County yeah. has to do with this seven-mountain mentality.
3: Yeah, I'll touch on it, and then Craig, you can finalize it. But it's really mm-hmm. not just seven mountains. It's the kingdom of this world that we're to impact and touch. But there are seven specific mountains that are, that are kind of listed as the main mountains, um, and, and that's really what Q Commons kind of does, look at those different places of culture. Craig, touch on that.
4: Yeah, they, they they focus on um, you know education and family, uh, politics, business, uh, media. Um, family, the, the family, right. and then religion. And uh, they they're really what we're trying to do is to is to have influence in all of those areas and bring the the principles and the power of the kingdom to each of those areas. Um, where in some of them we've kind of in the past have let those go as as a church and kind of backed away. Uh, and even at times backed away from things like you know, uh, like media and popular culture and, and politics. And it's time for for us as uh, as the body of Christ to, to move back into those areas and to, to begin to influence them in a godly way and to bring the kingdom values and kingdom culture back into those areas. Yes.
2: I'm going to make a statement, and Perfect. you guys answer it if you would. It seems to me, as an observer, you know, when we talk about seven mountains, we can just say seven different areas that... Uh, Uh, speak to life and survival, basically, and some of the areas of the church over the years has decided not to be intimately involved in, obviously the media, but fortunately there are some very conservative, very powerful uh, media voices out there that are beginning to make major inroads and in things. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the mountains that we've been a little reticent to jump into. Uh, but also government, I mean, it's really, yeah. you, know, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with politics or government. Yeah. Uh, God says he wants us in these things Ooh. because how else can it be positively affected? Of course, and then the education, the, the school system. Mm-hmm. We've kind of handed the baton over to uh, different uh, school boards and things like that, and all of a sudden our children are getting mis mistaught. So, t- talk. We've got about two minutes left in this segment. So, Barry started out, and Craig, uh, jump on in.
3: Yeah, we all we right. have we have neglected our responsibilities as as a local church and as the body all of Christ, the ecclesia. And it's time that we take our rightful place because when you really think about ecclesia, where two or three have gathered in His name, there's actually a jurisdictional authority that we have when we gather together in Jesus' name. So we need to start sure. functioning back in that role <laughs> and taking the authority we have to see Christ's kingdom come yes. as will be done on earth as is in heaven. Grace. Yes.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And you know when we're when you're in those areas and you see things that are taking place that run against, you know, kingdom values of of purity and righteousness and justice you know, and, and, and you know, standing up for those that, that don't have a voice. And we see those things taking place, then we need to band together and and begin to say, no, not that way, and show show a better way. And, and we lead by example, but then even as we gather together, you know, with, with two or three other, you know, believers in those places, we need to pray and to decree and to push back, you know, on the darkness that that's happening, and, and as Pastor Barry was saying, we, we 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 rule in that area in the supernatural spiritual realm, and then we we set the example and we set the direction in the natural realm.
2: Yes. Uh- Executive Pastor, Crosspoint Life Church, Craig Osborne. Thanks for joining us on these two segments and giving your input here. And uh, Pastor Barry, uh, we're, we're on a roll here. We're going to spend some time in the last segment pulling this all together. And we use the word one church or instead of churches of San Diego County, I like the phrase the church of San Diego County. So, uh, Pastor Craig, thanks for joining us on these segments. We'll be back with you. Thanks. God bless you. And uh, I'll, maybe I'll see you at Crosspoint Life Barry soon. Thanks for having me. Okay. See you, Craig. So, so there you go, Pastor Barry. Perfect. I, I, you know, one of the <laughs> my favorite topics we're going to talk about in the last segment here. Yeah. Boy, does the hour go fast or what. <laughs> we're going to talk about what the one church in San Diego County is beginning to look like. And I know you have some insights on that. Yeah. So will you share some insights in the next segment? Absolutely. Look forward okay. to it. Pastor Barry yep. Cross Point Life Church, Kaz Taylor. And we've got a commercial break. But guess what, my friends? We'll be
3: right back. <laughs> More. Come
1: Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K-Praise
2: This is Frank Harper pastor in North County we need more of God this time than we've ever needed him before we thank you Father in Jesus name
1: Now back to Come Together San Diego the new live local show with Kaz Taylor FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K-Praise And we're back for the last segment of the first hour with uh,
2: my co-host, Barry Sappington, Cross Point Life Church. Hey, Barry. Hey, Kaz. <laughs> We've been having a good time, haven't yeah, we? We have and, been, uh, yeah. And perhaps God has been opening your eyes, my listening friend, as to uh, this kingdom age that we are entering into right now and how it has some similarities to the church age and to the church environment, but also has some uniquenesses there. You know, and I was thinking about uh, um, when the New Testament occurred— Uh, It it was basically taking the Old Testament letter of the law and transforming it into the spirit of the law. There's a similar transition happening now. that The individual church mentality has their own rule book about what the denomination is supposed Mm -hmm. to look like. And that's fine, Mm -hmm. just like the letter of the law was fine in the Old Testament transitioning into the new. But there's a transitioning into the kingdom age now, which has less of uh, a focus on what your different uh mandates are in right. your church and doctrine of your church and more about blending the god's plans together and you know you, you can still hang on to your own little little doctrinal things but it's not to separate the m- different members of the body of christ across the body of christ not only in san diego right. but elsewhere and one of the dangers has always been you know here's what i believe that's what you believe mm-hmm. uh and there's a divide here mm-hmm. we can never come together but the truth of the matter is God allowed each one of those different denominational perspectives and our challenge is to how, how does God want us to blend those together yeah. to be the best singular church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can be. So yeah. we're talking about the topic of one of one church, especially in San Diego County. What does that mean to you, and what is it beginning to look like, Pastor I just, Barry?
3: I just love the idea of one church of San Diego. <laughs> it's It's a bit nebulous, I mean, what that really looks like when you've got so many different— kinds of churches and leaders and pastors and organizations and nonprofits. And, but what does it really look like? I, I truly believe it's John 17. Come on. Right? It says what? That they will all be maybe one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Yes.
2: And, and Paul, Paul writes about the, the many-membered body, but it's still one. Still one. So what does a many-membered body look like when it's still one? It means each part has discovered what their calling is and they work functioning according to their calling exactly where they really wanted to be all along. But we all realize that we can't do it alone as we are members of that one body in particular.
3: Yeah, see, we we talk about that. Unity is not uniformity. It cannot be uniformity. There's got to be these all different kinds of kingdom expression. But with the heart that says, number one, we're going to rally around the person of Jesus Christ first and foremost no matter what your doctrine may be we rally around the person of Jesus secondly I think we've got to begin to honor leadership in various organizational structures other churches uh, other nonprofits, um, whatever they, parachurch organizations, yes. house churches, yes.
2: and you're also going into the the Seven Mountain mentality. Other people who are leaders of leaders in, let's say, a governmental Absolutely. role that have have God mentality, or those in the educational environment who have the uh, God mentality. And as we bond together, and it's not only the, each member of those different we call them seven mountains if mm-hmm. you want. But each member of that, but it was also interconnecting from one mountain to another, from the government mentality to the education mentality, to the media mentality, to the church mentality, to the family mentality, all of this coming together, all of a sudden you have a many-membered body, mm-hmm. and you have the Lord Jesus Christ uh, coming back for that bride.
3: Love that. <laughs> Love that. He's purifying that bride too. He's really calling us to a higher standard about which we live our lives. Yes, yes. Because what so far it hasn't worked as effectively as we th- sometimes think it has, it really hasn't. We haven't transformed really anything. And we've got the largest, we mentioned this before, we've got the largest church we ever had in America, but we're not seeing city transformations. We're not seeing communities truly transformed because of Jesus.
2: And what would you say the main, I'll tell you my thoughts, but you tell me yours. Yeah. What do you think the main reason for that ineffectiveness is?
3: We've built, we've built our, our Genesis 11. We've built our towers of Babel. We've built a kingdom that we expect to stay within inside the walls. Yes, and,
2: and the in, inside our walls.
3: Yes, inside our walls. And then we say, basically, we're doing this large event. It's got thousands of people that come. But just to do an event where people show up doesn't mean that we're bringing any kind of real kingdom transformation.
2: Yes. You know, and I observe, I've been knocking around in the Christian market in San Diego County for decades. One of the things that I've seen in the past that I'm sensing a difference in, and that is, you know, okay, let's get together and let's just all do an event and every pastor goes, you know, I can kind of get into that. But once the event's over, they're all, everybody's a, autonomous doing their own Correct. thing. And what God wants to do is plant the seeds of that level of oneness or unity so that you keep the relationships yeah. going. And even though it's a person of a different denominational flavor yeah. than you are, you stay connected with one Correct. another. And all of a sudden, you have a piece of their puzzle, they have a piece of your puzzle, and we realize we can't do it by ourselves.
3: Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that. We're co with our good friends up in North County. Craig and uh, Carlette Muster from the Awakening International Church. And we're doing a school that's being hosted at Crosspoint that's called AIR, the Academy of Influence and Reformation. So their congregation, our congregation, actually Rick and Maria Saints yeah. or Sains from uh, Red Seal Ministries are also participating yes. in that. And it's amazing what happens when you come together. Tonight at Sunrise Church in East County in Santee, they've got a— um, an event for... Healing of cancer? Healing of cancer event, <laughs> right? Yes. Where, where they're hoping for a, a few thousand people to show up and, and pray for God's will to come and touch the lives of people. So it's a collaboration. That's right. Not one church. It's it's the churches becoming one by esteeming him first and then honoring one another.
2: Well, I'm going to make a statement here, and you can either say, that's dumb, Kaz, or that's valid. Okay, here's my observation on this. The more we are willing to work side-by-side with somebody else of a different influence the greater the percentage of uh, effective uh, healings, yeah. the greater uh, preponderance of the presence of God mm-hmm. in an environment. You know, uh, uh, And so one of the things that we have misapplied in our single church environment is we think we have to do all these things and we need to have God a- 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 arrive, and he's, he hangs there, mm-hmm. but he's more likely to hang forever with us when we're one body.
3: Yeah, we want habitation, don't we? Exactly. We don't want him to come and go. We want him to be with <laughs> us all the time. Exactly. And I think we're we're really making headway towards that cave. We got a lot of work to do, but if we can just stay humble, yes. If we can stay just in love with Jesus and love one another. I'm convinced that we can we can bring this kingdom here yes. in such a way that San Diego becomes prototypical of what can happen in any country That's or right. any city across the country. A prototype, actually. Yeah,
2: I, I believe that. And, and I, I think my friends, uh, my listening friends who are believers that are in San Diego County, the more we team up with others that are not necessarily our do, uh, denominational flavor, and we believe God for healing of a person. Say you're doing yeah. a street ministry. I, I, I love watching what's going on in San Diego because when a, a team is going out to... to Pray over people with cancer. Maria Signs and Rick Signs are among them at mm-hmm. Red Seal. They go out and they, but it's not necessarily only their group. It's people from all over Correct. San Diego County that are believers. Correct. And all of a sudden, you know, when a person gets healed, they go, mm, "Who do I thank? Yeah. Don't thank us. We're just uh, obedient servants." And we go to different churches. Yeah. Uh, thank the Creator of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. What would
3: happen if, <laughs> if we became the greatest advocates of everyone else's churches? Like as a pastor i am I am absolutely the greatest cheerleader for every other church in my area.
2: Now say that again because that's an unusual phrase coming from what would be in in the church environment a, a pastor you know you learn you learn a seminary, not to do that because yeah. so say that statement again. I want to
3: be the greatest cheerleader I possibly can be for my family at Cross Point, but for every other church that's doing something of significance. I want to bless it, I want to honor it, and I want to declare, hey, that's my friend, that's my brother, we're working together to see Jesus come to San Diego. Oh,
2: my. And, and But the truth of the matter is, as that happens, none of us, none of the individual churches can actually handle the harvest. No, it's I true. Mean, it's going to be so gigantic, but we just have to have that mentality of working in harmony with yeah. one another. We've got about a minute left in yeah. this, this segment, so I'm going to have you do a declaration in this minute yeah. uh, to our listening friends. Uh, I want you to declare kingdom mentality and Holy Spirit invading in a way like never before, not only in San Diego County, but within the individual inhabitants, whether they be pastors or churches or parachurches or parishioners. I want you to speak that into the county right now. Pastor Father, Bird, we Saffy. declare
3: your goodness and kindness to the city and region of San Diego. We thank you for what you've done historically. We thank you for what you're doing today. And we thank you for what's going to happen in the days and years to come. And we speak peace over our city We declare your kingdom would come and your will be done in every principality, every region, every community, every congregation, and truly in the lives of the body of Christ, the ecclesia. And we ask you, God, to give us a new heart for the people that we come in contact with every day of our life. The John chapter four, woman at the well kind of love, that we would love the one so well that be attracted to you, Jesus, because of our love and that together we can see Something happened that's never happened in San Diego before, and that you'd open our hearts and our eyes to what the kingdom truly is. Wow. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Barry Sappington, thanks for joining me as a co-host for this
2: hour. We've had some fun having. I love you, Kaz. I love you too, Barry Sappington. Thank you, my, my, my listening friend, you may want to visit, uh, check out uh, Cross Point Life Church. You might get a flavor that you hadn't really expected before, <laughs> and it might blow you away. But you'd have to deal with the sense of humor and the uh, 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 of this guy, Barry Sappington. I love him. You'll love him too, Barry. Pardon me for harassing you, just you were teasing fine. you just a little bit, uh, my listening friend. I hope you enjoyed this segment. Next segment, we're going to talk about um, something about the weather. weather. yeah. Okay. And we're going to talk about uh, any of the uh, global warming things, mm. and we're going to talk about uh, fake news Real and things news. like that. We've got an expert here with us in the studio oh, we're going to talk more about that. Barry Sappington, thanks for joining us. God you. bless you, my friends. We'll be right back. God bless
1: you and We'll be right back after this commercial break. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. k more Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise.
0: I'll tell the world, world,
1: world Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K-Praise I'll
0: tell the world,
3: world,
2: world. Hey my friends, we are back and I'll tell you what uh, I've been really looking forward to this segment uh, almost as long as I've known this guy No uh, g- 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 <laughs> I-, I want you to meet a guy who's been a friend of mine for a long time Gary Kelly And
5: Hello I- <laughs> Hey, how do I sound? I'm I haven't heard myself on the radio in 19 years.
2: Oh come on! Well, you've heard yourself, lot. seen yourself on TV though. It's oh, different.
5: <laughs> you have to wear makeup. Yes,
2: exactly. Well, you not I, I told you not to wear the makeup for the radio show. You didn't need it, but he did anyway. All what right, can I say? Right. <laughs> you know, Gary Kelly is a, a, a name or a guy whom you would recognize when you hear his voice. You realize what he's done in the San Diego no, broadcasting market. No, so no. come on! I, I told you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, no, I'm gonna no. honor you with the remembering the many, many things you've been involved As in. I'm just honored to be here. Oh, I have listened
5: on. to this radio station for years. <laughs> and, you know, to be able to walk in here and, and see the beautiful
2: view you have here in La Jolla, and you have people to bring you water. I mean, <laughs> you're big time. Oh, yeah, really. Thank you very much. Anyway, if you're familiar with uh, the the world of disc jockeydom, you would recognize uh, his voice because he's been what Cape... PRZ, KCBQ, uh, a lot of other broadcast related things. KSEA, which was the FM side of KSON. Yeah, it was a years. little tiny FM station
5: uh, <laughs> back in 1971 and 72 that nobody
2: listened to. Oh, yes, really. KSON. Uh, I'm telling you what, one of the big, big guys in San Diego market. But let me tell you something else as well is oh. this. He, he, uh, Gary has expanded his. Basically, his calling—he's a believer in the Lord Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ—but he's also expanded his calling. Uh, You may have seen him uh, on uh, news, kind of uh, news show-related shows, but also as a weather guy. We're going to talk a little bit about those things. But we look at the big picture in San Diego County. You know, I was talking to you before we started this uh, segment about all all the different names that had played a role in making San Diego, San Diego. And, And what does your mind go to when you? think about those names
5: oh gosh there's so many of them but it it, for me it always defaults to my old buddy shotgun tom shotgun tom kelly i mean i'll you know i'll I'll share a fact that nobody (laughs) cares about my real name is not kelly
2: but say it ain't so oh my oh
5: no so my real name is gary rail but it's r-o-e-h-l very difficult to pronounce yes i always felt sorry for my kids because their names are butchered all the time, <laughs> and so when I was thirteen, I met Shotgun Tom Kelly, and I wanted to be just like him, except I didn't want to wear—I didn't want a beard and, and a spiky bear hat. hat. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I couldn't do the blah, blah, thing, <laughs> um, but uh, I really looked up to him, and I said, if
2: I ever get to be on the radio,
5: I'll be Gary
2: Kelly. Kelly, you, you just use that last name; it's better <laughs> than the one that you were, yeah. and um, only different—I spelled it. Differently yeah,
5: with an E-Y? Than he did. Uh-huh. Um, back in the day, they had these little top 40 surveys that, yeah. li- that list the top songs. And the, the day that I looked at it, I used to collect them. Uh, had Tom's picture on the cover, and they spelled they, they misspelled his name, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And I said, well, and I'm going to be Gary, K-E-L-L-E-Y. <laughs> so for 47 years, I have been a typo.
2: I, oh, I like it. So
5: he's really K-E-L-L-E-Y.
2: Yeah, very good. But but also, my friend, you may recognize the voice. But if you saw his face, you'd recognize the face to the guy who's on the been on the air doing weather prognostication and yeah. also standing I, in from a new on a news I, soft, basically a soft I, news format. Yeah, Go ahead, uh, Gary,
5: I'm not a meteorologist, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> I just played one on TV. Yeah, you just played so one. On I was uh, basically a weather presenter. I uh, I went to uh, continuing education seminars. For 10 years with the National Weather Service, NOAA, uh, and, and, and learned a lot, found all, learned a lot about global warming, uh, learned a lot about the Weather Channel, learned about what people care about when they watch a weather girl or guy on television. But really, it was just an excuse for my wife and I to get away and go skiing.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I, we joke around all the time, Gary, in San Diego County as a weather prognosticator. Yeah. All you need to know is uh, one phrase, 72 degrees uh, in the, in the, in the daytime oh, yeah. cooling down to, uh, 64 degrees oh, in the yeah. evening. Oh, and then, yeah. and then, and then, and then all you do is pre-record that and you run it for the entire time that you're on the yeah. air.
5: There was this comedy <laughs> bit that when I worked at channel 10, one of the engineers pulled me aside and he goes, Gary, I got to show you this. And it was a, a guy on comedy central or something. And he goes, greatest job in the world, weather guy in San Diego, six figure income highs in the seventies. Back to you, Bob. <laughs>
2: It's uh, kind of true. It's kind of true. Six, of course, yours was a seven-figure income, but we won't even. No, know no.
5: I was I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh-huh. I was never Aloha Taylor. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I My, back, but I backed her up.
2: Yes, and so you know what? In, in San Diego County, we also you've done some. I would call it soft news, not really hard penetrating news, because you yeah. you, you sat on uh, within some some other news shows and as a stand-in person, and you you. you you gave some insights from, from uh, a more soft news perspective.
5: Yes. Um, I was a beggar on KPBS for money. <laughs> I would beg for people, please give us your money. We'll give you this CD that you could buy at the Walmart for twelve We'll sell it to you for $175. <laughs> Call us now, please. Oh my. K- keep PBS on the air. So I had a chance to do that. used to hold, uh, host a show on Cox Cable called Home View, which was kind of like a, a home improvement show. Mm-hmm. And that made it into uh, six regional markets. Did that for two years. That was a lot of fun. It yeah. was nice to get to do something different because I came out of top forty radio. Yes, you, you know, did. I mean, I'm the guy that gives you a hundred dollar bill and plays Rock the
2: Boat, uh huh, or Elton well, uh, John. Or, exactly. So you were in the, really in the top forty market uh, and also uh, the harder rock. Yeah. Well, I as well. did
5: both. I I kind of had a balanced career in radio. Gosh, I hope I'm not boring all of you listening if, if if i hope i hope you have two listeners left uh but yeah I, in top 40 i got into it uh, when i was 13 14 kind of hanging around uh with shotgun tom and gene knight who's yes. still on the radio today he's on afternoons on sunny 98 one i'll always owe gene everything because he took me under his wing along with tom and they were nice to me mm-hmm. i was just this little kid that like to hang around the radio stations. I used to go mow yards in Claremont, and I would take that money and take the bus downtown, and transfer over to Elkhorn Boulevard to Pearson Ford on the corner of Fairmont and Elkhorn, Elkhorn. Boulevard, and I would religiously go there every Saturday and Sunday. Buy the disc jockey, Jim Duncan. I would buy him a hot dog or a coke or whatever, and eventually. They let me start playing with the, the knobs, and the equipment, <laughs> and then they started taking longer breaks. And yeah, there then you go. I just became part of it, and I don't think today um, a 15 year old would have that opportunity. No, not so much. That they would say, "I'm sorry, you can't, you can't come in." I mean, I have a 17 year old son; he can't really almost get a job anywhere because he's not 18.
2: Yes, exactly. He I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, sure. Gary, Gary. one of the things. It's your show, Cass. Well, yeah, thank I, you for I'm giving just us, I'm just a guest. <laughs> I want to switch the gears because you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I am. And if you step back, could you see that God played a role in bringing you in this career? Uh, And and, uh, tell tell us a little bit about the conversion. We've got about two minutes left in this segment, but we'll use this to launch into the next segment, which we're going to talk about.
5: You know, I was thinking about about it when I was driving over here today that um, I used to, I was raised as a Lutheran. Uh, I went to Sunday school. My mom did all that for me. I always said my prayers at night. But I did not have a relationship. Um, and in radio and TV, people would tease me and say, well, Gary's religious. And I go, no, I'm not religious at all. I just have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And once I realized that, uh, my life started changing for the better. Yes. yes. Much, much better. And I can talk about it more later because I, I could go on and on. <laughs> it's, it's a topic I like to talk about. And you can't, you can't be in the newsroom at Channel 10. Uh, the only other... Believer that I worked with, two of them was Bill Griffith and Carol Lebo.
2: Yes, uh, and both of those are remarkable believers. I can yeah, tell you. Yeah, and
5: but the rest of them were not mm-hmm. uh, producers, etc. And you just kind of had to keep your mouth shut. Yes, uh, it was just easier.
2: I'm going to talk. I want to yeah. talk to you a little bit about. See, there are a lot of different people who have different disciplines that they're pursuing, mm-hmm. and f- in, in a similar way that you uh, give uh, hot dogs and, and, and soda pop to to the on air guy just to make yourself. Uh, Friends with them, yeah, well, uh, lot- I, I was a groupie with food. <laughs> uh, so, but a lot of people who have a real heart, maybe music or or whatever their discipline is, they they are trying to get into the that, that field. And I want you to be an encouragement to these people. Oh, I'd love to be. God, God has a God has a plan for them, and, and and maybe it's you know despise not small beginnings. You went you got into a broadcast industry with small beginnings, and. And God has a plan for you in your life. And my listening friend, he has a plan for you in your life as well. And just do not despise these small beginnings. Uh, Gary Kelly can attest to God, you know, intervening in his life. And, oh, absolutely. And, no, and, and, absolutely. and it makes, it makes you a, a better person that other people can be, gravitate more closely to because of not only your relationship with them, but God's relationship with you
5: very true well put you know you ought to get a radio show
2: (laughs) well my listening friend we just scratched the surface with the gary kelly Come on, (laughs) i like bugging him because we've been friends for i figured
5: it out 47 years 47 years 47 years but we've never had lunch together that's because you never would buy
2: what can i say we'll be back with more (laughs) after this we'll be back with more after this
1: This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego. is just moments away. Greg Hendricks, Rock Church,
0: East County. God is doing a wonderful work in the city of San Diego and all over the world. He's uniting the hearts of the people, but most importantly, he's drawing us back to what our original purpose is, to love each other
1: now more of come together san diego on k praise here's kaz taylor
2: and thank you very much and here's gary kelly as well my hey, co-host i like the, i like the music <laughs> thank you man rocking on you know since you have been a weather guy yeah a weather we, presenter weather presenter yeah. i i figure you have some insights and some of your peers had some insights too and we're going to talk a little bit about that in this segment we call it Global warming oh, yeah. uh, or, or climate change. Yeah, that's a word that'll get you in trouble. Yeah, well, I want to get in just a little bit of trouble in this segment because, you know, it's, it's important if you have empirical evidence to support things, but if you don't have empirical, empirical evidence, then it, it really needs to be, de- be debated and, and people need to make up their own minds about things. But the whole term, terminology, global warming or climate change, uh, has been holding us captive. I feel sometimes in my, in my life, you know, I can't do that because climate change or this or, or, you know, be criticized. What's your observation of this? Because you've been a a prognosticator of weather for many years in broadcast. Give give me some insights on this. I can't
5: even spell prognosticator. Uh, I
2: can't either, but you can say it on radio, but you don't have to worry about spelling it.
5: Okay, so um, as you know, I prayed before. It was nice that your your last co-host was nice and prayed over us. And something that I was very concerned about with is that you know, I haven't been on the radio in 19 years. This is quite a bit different than the type of radio that I did. This is the type of radio if I was on the radio again, I would like to do. Do I have opinions? Of course I do. Am I afraid though to say those opinions? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Because if you are to the right, you're looked at as a nutcake. If you are the extreme radical left, you're looked at the same. Yes. And it just seems that there's there's no winning. I've I've lost friends over things. It seems to me, Um,
2: Gary, that the the divide is becoming broader as well. You know, I I love the the Democratic Republican relationships of old. In some ways, of course, they they were stilted in many, but there there was a point where you could actually have civil discussions with one another. I think those times have kind of gone away. Well, I guess. See, and I've only you know uh,
5: back when I was a top forty DJ playing the (laughs) hits. Uh, you know, I knew who the president of the United States was, and that was about it. Yeah. I couldn't tell you that there was 100 senators. I couldn't, you know, I didn't know any of that. The, the house, what's, house, yeah, I live on Morag Avenue in Claremont. What's the house? Yeah. I wasn't into it. And because of it, I had a lot of friends. Yes. And it was just, life was just great. Yeah. I'm playing, you know, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Elton John, and never had any uh, disparaging uh, conversations with anybody, yeah. never lost any friendships.
2: Well, that, I want to change this. Th- that's, I, that's changed. I, it has changed, and that's very, very sad. I, you know, I, I believe that's very sad for many people on uh, on with a left bent and those on a right bent. Uh, the ones in the middle, those of us in the middle, uh, have real anguish about that because— I have some very very good friends on one side, and they have some very good friends on the other side. I don't want to delve into that right now. Oh no no no, and I and I don't either because I don't
5: want any letters. I don't want to, you know. I am doing this for fun. I mean, uh-huh. This is an honor for me to get to be here with you. Well, thank you. And I and and you know if let me look, let me tell you this way, I looked it up for you today. Define journalism because you some will say journalism is dead. So Merriam Webster says journalism is the collection and editing of news for presentation. Through the media, writing is characterized by a direct presentation of facts Mm -hmm. or description of events without an attempt at interpretation. I like that. Now, can we say that that's what we have today in the media? Gary. No.
2: Gary, you're doing the next segment now. What's going on No, I'm just teasing it. (laughs) Oh, you're teasing it. (laughs) So
5: so I want to take a journalistic approach, uh, a, a Christian journalistic approach, if I may, uh, on talking about global warming. I'm not taking one side or the other. That's right. I uh, originally was an Al Gore fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw his movie. I thought, I was doing the weather on Channel 10, and I thought, this guy's going got it going on. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to get behind it. Okay, that was quite some time ago. Uh, John Coleman got God rest his soul, the Yes, past we lost. And he's a, a, he's
2: a man who was the, the, the news broadcaster, I mean the weather broadcaster on KUSI?
5: Yes, he was the co-founder and president of the Weather Channel. He was the first weather guy on Good Morning America. Uh, he was the broadcaster meteorologist of the year, 60 plus years as a meteorologist. So are you very, saying that maybe very well uh read
2: maybe he influenced you a little bit on maybe a different mindset about this uh, weather patterns and things like that because you know doing the
5: local weather people always ask what's your opinion and i didn't want to get into it i but at first it's like okay i'm with al gore okay then i see john coleman's piece on youtube and i go okay now 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 i'm with john coleman yes and and they don't see eye to eye it is completely different so Sadly, I think global warming has become very much a a political partisan issue. Uh, Democrats, this is a uh, I did my homework for you, cast. Thank you, Gary. Uh, a Gallup poll out this year shows Democrats view global warming seriously, while Republicans view it skeptically. Sixty nine percent of Republicans, four percent of Democrats, say global warming is exaggerated. Now look at the, look at the difference. That's close to 70% of Republicans, only 4% of Democrats. It's uh, just the differences in in the parties. No wonder we're so so divided Mm -hmm. and we're so far apart. Uh, This survey was done back in March of this year. And like many issues, um, it's been politically polarized indeed. Donald Trump, the president, as people refer to, this president. That drives me crazy, by the way. I don't know why they always say this president. He is the president. We're not talking about a former president. It's he's the president. So Donald Trump is calling global warming a hoax, may have contributed to, I'm sure it has, to his widening divide and uh, reversing the number of government actions to uh, address the issue. This include, you know, the U.S. withdrawal of the Paris Climate Accord, the removal of climate change from the list of top U.S. national security threats, and the elimination of the terms global warming and climate change from U.S. government websites. Mm -hmm. In general, as I said, Democrats view global warming seriously while Republicans view it skeptically. And let me just give you a couple stats. Do we have a little more time here? So 91% of Democrats and 33% of Republicans say they don't worry a great deal or a fair amount about global warming. But 67% of Republicans worry only a little or not at all. Again, the divide is so huge. Eighty-two percent of Democrats thinks global warming has already begun to happen, while only thirty-four percent of Republicans agree. Do you see the difference? Oh, absolutely. Fifty uh, percent of Republicans think that it'll not happen in their lifetime. That's twenty-five percent, or it will never happen, compared to thirty-two so percent. They say about seven in ten Republicans—that's close to seventy percent—think the ser- seriousness of global warming is exaggerated in the news. Mm-hmm. 15%, I know this is a lot of numbers here, um, generally say it's correct, and 15% is generally underestimated. Yes. Uh, Democrats, however, are much more likely to think that the serious of global warming is understated, underestimated. And again, they say a small percentage, 4% or less, say that it's exaggerated.
2: So, so yeah, one of the things, I know they've got some more figures there, but listen, w- I want to talk more about the logistics of this and how this really impacts uh, us. We're, I'm a believer. You're a believer. Yes. What does this all this have to do with uh, really the state of anything? You know, they, I understand that the global warming, the industry, if you want to call it that, is a $4 billion a year industry. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made uh, for embracing global warming or, or climate change yeah. issues. And I, I want, just in the few minutes that are left in this segment, I want you to com- contrast... Uh, go, uh, go Al Gore with uh,
3: John, John Coleman, Coleman. Yeah. And, and see what we Absolutely. come up with. Well,
2: let's just talk facts. Okay, we'll talk facts. Okay,
5: yeah, this is not my opinion. Okay. I am just giving facts. Less than one degree warming since 1978. No warming globally since 1998 you mentioned money. Now this is John Coleman's This is John research. Coleman's take on this, okay? This isn't just his opinion, this is his research and, uh, that, he, ha- that and, uh, he has facts to back it up.
2: As a guy who's a meteorologist of the year, what was what were his positions that he was honored as far as being a... a- he,
5: well, he was the meteorologist of the year, he was the he was the co-founder and president of the Weather Channel. It's yes. still on today. Yes, go ahead. Dan. And so, yeah, he has he has his stuff. He 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 knows what he's doing. And if he's, you can look him up on YouTube about global warming, John Coleman. It'll come up. I urge you to watch his presentation. You decide. I'm not saying right or wrong, but he makes a lot of sense. So, four point seven billion dollars annually goes to scientists and organizations to continue global warming research. As John said, have you ever noticed they always say, we need more research. We need more money Mm -hmm. to keep this bureaucracy going. Carbon pollution has raised the cost of fuel, electricity, and food an average of $1,000 a year for a family of four. Uh, Roger Ravel, I don't know if you've ever heard that name before. Wasn't
2: he with the... the, In La Jolla, the La Jolla. Yeah,
5: yeah, Scripps, Scripps Uh, Scripps Oceanography. Mm -hmm. He was the pioneer and and a brilliant mind on weather and climate change. He was at Scripps in 19, put it on the map, actually, 1950 to 1964, eventually UCSD. Then he moved on to Harvard, where he had a guy in his class named Al Gore. Al Gore was in his class. And by the way, if I may mention that Al Gore only got a D in his class. Either way, uh, so Roger Revelle started it all. He, He started this talking about the global warming scare. In 1988, the same person, Roger Revelle, wrote to Congress and a senator saying that he didn't believe in global warming. Friends and educators knew that he was of sound mind till he passed away at the age of 95 from a heart attack. And and you
2: mentioned the sound mind because many people who are embracing the climate change, they said he he was senile. And that was Al Gore. Uh He dissed him as senile because he didn't believe as he did. Well, you know, if you do the, in all honesty, if you do the math, you know, you said 47 Billion dollars annually, a year, annually. a billion dollars a right. year industry. I mean, right. there's people are making money off of this. Absolutely. Thing and, and so, but so, you know, I guess one of the things that really strikes me is I, I'm interested in the truth. I don't, I don't want the spin, right? I don't want the spin. I I don't want this to come between people of different, you know, right and left relationship. I want the facts to be the facts, being willing to deal with the facts and then continue the friendships without uh, using this to be, be a div, d- dividing factor. And exactly. So, so this whole global yeah. warming thing has become a right-left thing, uh, and, and that's so very sad to it's me. It's
5: just another thing to divide us even more. Do we have a little bit more time?
2: Well, in the other in the next side of this segment we do, and we'll, we'll, we'll speak about this, but then we want to talk you'll about it. You'll give me a little more time? Yes, but on the other side of the commercial. You know, commercials, they pay for things. It pays for the light <laughs> bill.
5: We appreciate
2: that. And so we're going to be talking about this and also the— topic of fake news with Gary Kelly as we come back. And guess what, my friends? Mm. We'll take a brief break and we'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. My name is Jim Garlow. Two things. First one negative, second one positive. Negatively, if we saw the condition of our nation, we would all be in prayer. Positively, if we could see what God could do with our nation, we'd all be in prayer. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And
2: co-host yes, Gary Kelly. Uh-huh. We are back. You've heard this kind of phrase before when you go... Do a commercial break, and then you come back, and you go,
5: hey, we're back. And there's
0: some hey, hey, I'm
2: going to say my name because you probably already forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell this guy has spent some time behind a microphone and also in front of a camera. No. Yes, he yes, he has. Yes, he has. Anyway, we're having Here's fun. Camera. We're, we, I noticed <laughs> you're, we're streaming this or something we're, we're on, live fa- streaming on as Facebook. As well. Exactly. Wow. Oh, there. Cool. I know. Do I look you know, my, I'm my, sucking it in, my, my friends. I I have to put up with this, but he's been a friend for a, a, a few decades, so I I have learned to do that. You know, Gary, we've been talking a little bit about uh, about the climate change, uh, global warming, and tr- truth versus fiction. But one of the names that uh, we speak of that you you high, hold in high regard is is John Coleman, and uh, you learned a lot about him and from him about uh, broadcasting the weather. Uh, and so well, let's spend just a moment or two before we transition into the next topic in this segment. Sure. But, but just uh, kind of a closing note about uh, John Coleman and his impact on you and so forth.
5: Well, and especially when I worked at channel 10 because he was in his heyday, you know, and he was this, I never got to meet him. I saw him at Outback Steakhouse one time <laughs> and I wanted to walk up and I went, nah, I don't, I don't want to bother him. No. Uh, and, and after reviewing his uh, global warming, uh, tape today, I thought, I wish I would have seized the moment and walked up and shook his hand.
2: He was an institution in San Diego County for many years. And you, you want to, you know, he, 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 had a way of delivering broadcasts and, and whether he was it's
5: the most liked and the most, most hated. hated, there was no gray areas, nothing in the middle with him. Either you loved him or you hate him. And every time when somebody would recognize me from TV, they would always make a comment about John Coleman. hmm uh, I remember one time I was at uh, Costco, I think, with my son, who's now 17 and a half. He was little in the carrier, in the basket. And this very elderly lady in her 90s walked up to me, and she said, I know who you are. And I went, oh, I was thinking, oh, this is so cool. I'm, that's right, I'm on TV. I'm getting recognized. And she said, you're my butcher from Vons. Yes, ma'am. How how were those pork chops? (laughs) Never said a word. Oh, my, uh, my, my. So success is fleeting. So uh, a little bit just to wrap this up with John Coleman. Yes. Uh, More of his research. And again, I'm just quoting what what he said because I'm small potatoes compared to him and his knowledge and his background. Um, And this is fact, not opinion. 9,000 PhDs have signed a petition. This was several years ago denying CO2 is causing global warming. At last count, and this is probably two years old, 31,000 scientists have signed that petition. Now, again, this is John Coleman's conclusion. NASA has written to the United Nations and to Congress to please stop the global warming scare. Now, you don't hear about that on the news, do you? No. Again, Democrats are going to feel different, as I pointed out in these stats you know I just want the earth that I grew up on to be here for my kids and yeah. the grandkids and I don't have an opinion I've gone both ways yes I, yes I was Al Gore now I'm John Coleman
2: well and my listening friend here's the deal you know the t- Bible talks about the being pursuing the truth and that truth shall set you free yes. you shall know the truth and the the challenge for we believers is to you know take what people say you know the scripture says receive all things with readiness of mind and then search the scriptures daily to see if they're so. And one of the things this, that we need to do as believers is, you know, here with an open mind on both sides of the equation, if whether they're political equations, or whether they're educational equations, or whether they're just administration or family-related things, you, you receive everything with readiness of mind, and then you understand the precepts, the scriptural precepts behind it, and God will enlighten you as, as to what direction to go. That ultimately has to be something that's God-glorifying. A lot of things that are going on in in, in light of some of these political things on both sides of the aisle are not God glorifying. And so I take a stand of what would Jesus say? What would he do? But what would God's kids say and do? That's where we are. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about your faith in the next segment. So we we'll, I'm in church right now. This is great. Hang on for a second. And I'm taking notes just, just like a, it, hang on you can se-
5: tell I'm being fed when I'm writing things
2: down. I like it. Offering, bring the offering over to him. He's, he's wealthy. So can I give you a debit card? <laughs> My listening friend Gary Kelly is a is a familiar voice uh, and a familiar face in San Diego as a, uh, as face, a for, face for radio. He's got a face for
5: radio. Face for radio. Yeah, come on. Okay, so you're talking about fake news.
2: I uh, yes, I want to thank you very much for keeping me on track. I appreciate it. you. Well, you know, like I'm host. the
5: co-host, and I got to keep this sucker rolling <laughs> along.
2: Okay, well, let's talk. You, you've spent a time, a bit of time uh, as a soft news broadcaster with some. Yep. Uh, some, some yeah. People. So,
5: so on channel 10 and also CW six, I would do the weather yes. and then they would send me out for, for 10 years on channel 10. I, every Saturday and Sunday I was at two different locations talking about fun stuff. You know, uh, we're at the, we're at the charger parking lot. We're at the Padres. We're at the bud, uh, uh, the, we're looking at, um, the Budweiser boat at the boat races. Yeah. We're, we're at OTL. We're at over the line. Uh, we're at, uh, Salvation Army, serving meals on Thanksgiving, uh, trying to do things that that were lighthearted and and talked to people. But as a native San Diegan that grew up in Claremont, uh, it was a job that I just absolutely loved. You had to love that. Well, because it it wasn't the old adage that if it bleeds, it (laughs) leaves. I didn't have to talk about that. That, that kind of stuff. But and it's you, good because I didn't have the knowledge.
2: But you were in the environment to observe things, and you probably weren't in, in, the, in that environment uh, more so than most of we other people. So I'm sure that you have gleaned over the years as you observe the news and things that you go, just like in from the weather perspective, there are things which are... Uh, Fact, and there are things that are fiction, or there, there are things that are political, and there's things that are not political. So, uh, I want. I was really excited to talk with you about your opinion. You know, there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that are talking about fake news. Oh, uh, the president of the United States is talking about doing fake news himself and he's talking negative about fake news, but he's doing it. And then the other side, you know. Donald Trump and his people are going, uh, the, when, he, when he's doing speaking engagements, he points out, and the camera's looking at him, point the finger across all the different newscasters and yeah. saying fake news. So I, yeah. I want your opinion. I wish, I wish he'd quit doing that. On, I, well, I understand. But I want your opinion on this um, because you're a guy who has been in the industry and also a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So your input, it would be invaluable to me. Well, again, I'm trying to stay in the middle and not
5: have an opinion here. But, it's, you know, it's hard. It's, and I appreciate you asking, it's, you can watch Fox news and you're going to get one side of it, or you can watch MSNBC or CNN and you're going to get the other side. And you, to the point that you think, are, are, are we talking about the same story? Exactly. Are you, the facts are so completely different. Um, And I can see both sides of it. If you are a CNN viewer or MSNBC or both, and that is all you watch and that's all you hear over and over and over again, then that is your belief. It's not a fact, but it's your belief, and I have to respect that. On the other hand, if you're a conservative and you're watching Fox, and they bring on opposing points of view, Democrats, et cetera, uh, but they obviously have the conservative point of view, and if that's what you believe, then I applaud you for it. Where am I in all that? I'm much more. I'm a conservative, of course I am, but I have friends. Gosh, all my friends in the media, <laughs> they're all Democrats. Yes. And to, but you know, I don't bring it up. It's like, hey, it's good to see. You. I haven't seen you, Bob, in twenty five years let's ruin this lunch and talk politics. So I just,
2: just don't even, I just don't bring it up. So that's how you bridge the divide by just not even bringing up. I, I
5: don't bring it up. I have my Facebook page. Um, I had one that I had a lot of followers, uh, cause I was doing the weather on it and I deleted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had, I, 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 you know, at one time ma- made a comment and the backlash was, I realized I could not be in politics. I do not I do not ha- possess the water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. It was de- very devastating to me to be attacked. So I decided I'm using Facebook to post my grandson's photos, yes. my kids' photos, talk about my daughter Ashley and cheer, and my son uh, Justin in football. And I'll leave it at that. I don't want the fights, but I have a dear friend that w- we've been friends since second grade. Um, we never we grew up together. We never talked politics. Once politics came into the conversation, there was a a large uh, what's the word that I'm looking for division, big division in, in our friendship. To uh, where it's like, what are you going to talk about? Well, how about if we just don't talk about that? Yes. How about we just talk about, man, Bill, I love you. Thank you for being my friend for ever, mm-hmm. for over fifty years. Thank you. Uh, oh. But there was a time where I thought, wow, I've lost him. And I never got into this. Is my opinion? You got to believe the way that I do. I didn't even know this person was a Democrat, but th- was happy to tell me that he was. Mm-hmm. Another thing on uh, another f- dear friend of over thirty years has uh, totally disconnected with me. Uh, we've never even had the discussion ever.
2: This scenario—it's it, it's over politics. This, this scenario is working out throughout the United States, and it's sad for me to see because I have such dear friends on both sides of the political spectrum. And to to see this, you know, we have dear friends that we have Thanksgiving and and do other things with, but they align on the other side. And maybe the rules are when we go there, we just don't talk about politics or else it can ruin good friendships. And my listening friend, the thing that really troubles me is I'm a Christian and I want God's God's spirit to uh, direct my life. And uh, if you're a believer, you want that as well. And here's the thing that God gave me in the book in the book of Acts. It talks about a guy named Gamaliel, or maybe it's not even in Acts, but it's a guy who was the uh, the guy who tutored, if you will, will, the Apostle Paul. And when there were different people vying against you know about Jesus being this or Jesus being that, Gamaliel told Paul. He said. If you're going to make a stance on something like this, you need to consider that what happens if that point of view about, in this particular instance about Jesus being mm-hmm. the Son of God if that, and these people that are embracing that, what happens if they are right and you are actually fighting against God's intent? When you look back at it, you don't want to go on that side. So it's better if you're going to be more delicate or just not deal with it or embrace the person. And that was his instruction to Paul, who was then Saul. And he began to realize that it wasn't exactly as he had premeditations on that Jesus Christ was Lord and is Lord indeed. And I think that Gamaliel mindset— Uh, In in, in the New Testament needs to be the mindset of all believers, no matter which side of the political aisle you align, because the bottom line is Jesus. He'll take care of those things, but you you have to go for undeniable truth and make your stand. It's
5: true. That's very true. In
2: fact, uh, how much time do we have left in this? Zero. But we'll be back for the next segment. That's a good... Gl- w- Glad I asked. <laughs> well done, Gary. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. And my friends, because Gary says so, we'll be right back.
1: More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. This is Pastor Jim Heidrich from Firewheel Church, and I declare over San Diego that the goodness of God is going to crash in on you with the weight of his glory because he's moving with compassion. Yes, you believe in Jesus, but Jesus believes in you, and I just affirm you in your call to greatness in Christ Jesus. Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1, and AM 1210, K-Praise.
2: And we're back with my co-host for this hour, which is approaching termination. We're almost done with the hour. I'm used to that. I'm really <laughs> termination. used to I, Yeah, I'm
5: very. You wouldn't want to fly with me. Uh, Gary Kelly has
2: been a friend for a long time, many, many years, and I've always known him to be a good storyteller. Some of them are actually true. So I know you want to... <laughs> I know you want to spend a little bit of time putting a period on the topic of fake news, and so I'm going to let you do that. And then we're going to have you tell a little bit about your testimony and yeah. your faith.
5: It was, uh, again, uh, I was doing a little research today, uh, another Gallup poll, and this was this this was not separating left to the right. This is just overall, United States adults estimate that over 60% of the news that they read in newspapers, see on television, or hear on the radio is biased. What a shock, huh? Yeah. They think the news media mostly provide accurate information but still estimate that over 40 percent of what they see is inaccurate and they believe that more than a third of the news that they see in these channels is misinformation false or inaccurate information that is presented as if it were true mm-hmm. and we see that all the time on certain networks we do indeed uh, and americans believe it or not are even more critical of the news that they see on social media they believe 80 percent is biased, 64% is inaccurate, and 65% is misinformation. But you know where I got this? No. The internet. (laughs) Let me file that.
2: Yeah, exactly. There it goes in the garbage can, circular file. You know, one of the things that I, it, it, it troubles me is because you're you have to be able to discern what's accurate and not accurate. And sometimes each side has their way of framing things. It depends on who you listen to. Yes, yes, yes.
5: It's like, you know, they tell you when you're a kid, watch who you hang out with, uh, who you surround
2: yourself Mm -hmm. with,
5: um, because they can bring you down to their level.
2: So that's a good opportunity to segue into the faith component, because the enemy has a plan to take you away from God and godliness he may even allow you to use your godly words, but couch them in a way where you 're not really being true to Jesus and his plan for you and your life and the plan for other people's lives so there's a there's a supernatural battle going on in the United States and in government and in politics we 're seeing a battle going on as well but I want to use this as a, as a transition to To you and your life and lifestyle, how Jesus has impacted you and given you a mind that actually works and uh, a voice that people can listen to. So tell us a little bit about uh, Gary Kelly and your faith.
5: Oh, it's kind of In four seconds.
2: Thank you very much. And you have a great night, everybody. (laughs) Go ahead.
5: Uh, You know, in the 20s, when I was, uh, you know, I got into radio real young. I worked at your sister station, KCBQ, when I was a junior and senior in high school. So I was 73 and 74. Um, again, I had my relationship with God. Um, I said my prayers at night, but I, I, let me rephrase. That. I didn't, I didn't have much of a relationship, but it wasn't given it. I didn't give it that much of a thought. He was always there. I had a picture of, of Jesus and I would look at him every night when I went to bed and I had to always go find that picture. I didn't feel that the day was complete unless I did that. But my, wasn't walking the walk. My lifestyle was completely different. Um, you know, the, the rock and roll lifestyle. I I won't say I was Ozzy Osbourne, none of that. No, no, no. But, but it was uh, certainly not the person that I am today. Do I uh, have regrets? Sure. Am I thankful I'm alive? You bet. There was interesting from my, in my rock and roll era, working at KPRI, playing all these classic songs that today they refer to as classic rock.
2: Back then it was just rock. Mm-hmm. It was well, but hard rock. And then there was the top 40 as well. They differ, differentiated right,
5: that right. way. But so something that I, that hit me today when I was driving over here is that Sundays were my least, again, this is when I'm playing rock and roll on the radio Sundays or was my least favorite day of the week. I felt incredibly uncomfortable. I felt uneasy and I couldn't put my finger on it. I needed to, I always felt like I needed to be around somebody. I didn't like to be alone. And then I realized later, the problem was I wasn't going to church. Mm-hmm. That's what I was missing in my life. The, the, the Holy Spirit was tugging to my heartstrings, but I didn't know what the tug meant until 1993 when I became a Christian and how I did it was spying on my ex-wife. God has a good <laughs> sense of humor. Uh, Ray Bentley, uh, at, uh, Maranatha, uh, my, my wife at the time and her new love, uh, started going to church twice a week and she was Catholic. I was a Christian. We went to church on Easter and Christmas uh-huh. and I wanted to see what it was all about. Well, after a couple of weeks of spying on her, I started listening to pastor Ray Bentley. And he's the one that saved me.
2: I got to tell you about Ray Bentley. He's one of my favorite people. I mean, he, he's so heartfelt and he's so transparent and honest about uh, the, you know, it's not, it's not accolades, it's true life and lifestyle from him. I've been
5: blessed that I, I had him in my life and Pastor Jim Garlow, who I just heard on this radio station about mm-hmm. 15 minutes ago, were friends. And uh, uh, just having those people in my life, the people at the church, Um, I currently watch Rick Warren every Sunday morning from Saddleback. He feeds me. He gives me uh, what I'm looking for. This is my biggest story about my faith, and this is something I'm always happy to tell anybody, especially a non-believer. When I went through my divorce in 1993, I had two little girls that were two and three years old, two and four years old. They were my life. They were everything to me. My ex-wife took my children out of state, to go be with her new husband. I was an everyday dad. I took them to school. We did our homework. We did everything together. I could no longer be a dad. And it it broke my heart. I got on my knees in the parking lot that I used to ride my bicycle to in Claremont, and I prayed. I said, God, I turn this over to you. I've been listening that I'm, I'm supposed to let you handle all of this. I've been trying to fix it myself, and I can't. So I turn it all over to you. Exactly two weeks later, my oldest daughter,
2: Kristen, who was four, called me and said, Daddy, we're coming home. My, my, my. And you know, my listening friend, I know this is tugging at your heart, and and Gary, remarkable, what a story, but it's a, a heartfelt story. And one of the things that I want you to know, my listening friend, is God is saying, he wants you to say, Father, I'm coming home my listening friend, because that's his heart cry as, as Gary mentioned this as well, but I, I want to encourage you as Gary Kelly and I wind up this show. God wants you to come home as well. If you're already home, but you're just playing around, then you're coming back and acting like you're the, the good son. He wants you to come back and have an intimate relationship with him. And, uh, is this an altar call on the radio? It is an altar call, Jerry. And, and, you, you, and, and, you, and you were responsible for setting I the stage for this.
5: this. You know, No, it's purely because of God that I have my wife, Stacy. We met in church. Uh, we have two kids. Justin is seven. Ashley is 15. And my older daughter is Kristen, the one that said, Daddy, I'm coming home. Um, she's the first doctor in the family. She's in her third year of her residency. And Andrea, my sweetheart, is 29 and gave me my first grandson. And it's all because of God. My life completely changed.
2: Gary Kelly, thank you for joining me for this hour. It went quickly. We we delved in a lot of areas. I'll we'll tell you what, climate ask, change. I'll invite you news. back on the show. You can come back sometime
5: <laughs> and we'll do this again.
2: Gary Kelly, thank you for joining me. We had fun and we're out of time here, but my listening friend, we do this every week from 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturdays. It's called Come Together San Diego. Gary Kelly, thank you for co-hosting with me. Thank you, We've had a great time. And my listening friend, God bless you. See you next week.
1: Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell a coworker. And then let's all Come Together San Diego. Next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise